You're an entrepreneur from Brazil. Every single American that I knew at the moment like loved Brazilian food. Where do you find your investors? Looking for the entrepreneurs that I know. In the U.S. or Brazil? It's definitely easier to raise money here because uh, the offer of money, like the possibilities that you have here in the U.S. are much higher than in Brazil. When you hear the name Mickey House, don't you think of Disney? Well, this Mickey House has nothing to do with Disney. They make kids' clothing. Best products always stay a longer time. You can pass it down to your siblings. But the bestseller? Our baby shoes. And how much are they? $79. And why would you pay $79? For example, these shoes can stay three generations. That's what we say. This is the language of business. A podcast to inform and inspire entrepreneurs and anyone thinking about a startup. Learn about strategies that work and strategies that don't work from people who've been there and done that. Our host is Gregory Stuller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. On this episode, we look at some of the challenges of international startups. We travel to New York to meet a very successful Japanese company that makes kids' clothing and shoes and wants to make inroads into the U.S. market. However, they have a huge name problem. They're called Mickey House, but they have no connection at all to Disney. Will American consumers understand that and accept it? But first, an entrepreneur from Brazil with two startups won a local Brazilian food truck while he's studying for his MBA. Here's Greg Stoller. Thank you, Don. Is a business international just because, or is it based on one's cultural heritage? We're on location at Boston University's Questrom School of Business with Rodolfo Pena, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thanks for having me, Greg. You are Brazilian. Yep. And you're running two startups. Tell yep. us about them. So the first one uh, is an idea that I got since I came here like two years ago. Before entering the MBA as a food business, I would like to bring some Brazilian recipes to U.S. Every single American that I knew at the moment like loved Brazilian food. So and I was very close to a, a big industry in Brazil, and they want to expand to U.S. So we started a project, bring the food truck serving those recipes and that like end very well so now we, we run like pop-up restaurants and a food truck and we are expanding like this year for the best locations in Boston. And the second one? The second one I started here at Questrom on the summer accelerator so it's called Hire5. It's a marketplace connecting Brazilian and Latin American developers software developers to U.S. startups. If you had gone to school in Canada as opposed to in the United States do you think these would be Canadian startups? Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think so because I was coming here, I was able like to see the market and like understand the market needs. So probably I would look for opportunities in Canadian market. So we're just looking for like how can I met the customer needs? And as you are in the place, like in US in this case, I could like see how to do that. What is the difference between the average customer in Brazil versus the United States? The average customer. First of all, income. It's a high-income country here compared to Brazil, so people have more disposable income to, to spend, so they're looking for new things in, in case of food, like new business to go and spend and try new foods. And talking about like startups, they have more opportunities. They, have, like, they can raise more capital, so they can expand their business quickly compared to Brazilian business. 
it must be easier raising money in the United States, but is the loyalty of your investors the same if you are working with a Brazilian investor versus a US investor? I never raise money here, but like looking for the entrepreneurs that I know, like it's definitely easier to raise money here because uh, the offer of money, like the possibilities that you have here in the US are much higher than in Brazil. But I would say as you have more investors available, you tend to be, your investors, I don't know, tend to be like less into your business and like, and create that relationship with you. Like for the food truck, we start getting investment from that company in Brazil and we are now kind of friends and like be a partner in business for this venture and we see a long relationship with that like in the future. How do you have time to work on both startups? It's hard, like I think the best way to do that is getting the, uh, the right team and like making sure that you have in place processes and, and you give like ownership on the, on the business for your team, like you identify talent and make sure that you can make your best employees and, and partners like also owners of the business so they work like for their, the best interest. And do you spend an equal amount of time on both? No. During the summer, I launched Hire5 and I spent all the summer there working on Hire5 and now I'm like finishing my MBA second year and I kind of dedicate my time for like the business that needs more of my time at that moment. Are most of your employees of Brazilian descent or Brazilian or American? Right now they are more Brazilian like or immigrants because they can connect better to our mission sure. and they see like it's easier for them to see the future in the business. So the restaurant food truck business that I'm in so we are bringing like basically our mission is to bring Brazilian culture to US through food. They see that it can be a part to this amazing business and they see growth and they see oh, that that's amazing like present my culture to others and so it's easier to connect with those people than the American that they don't know the business like so you have to explain and tell the history the entire history so I'm still a small business. <laughs> what would you consider to be an outstanding exit strategy for either one? So an outstanding strategy for the food business would be like sell to a franchise chain a new concept like, like Chipotle. Chipotle sure. is yeah. a Mexican yeah. concept yeah. that was amazing IPO and like it's growing a lot as we get traction and open locations and brick and mortars, I definitely see that strategy. For Hire5, I started the business thinking about like generating a cash flow business, not like selling and, and getting raising uh, venture capital. Uh, I don't know, like I changed my mind during the process. I still don't see like an exit strategy. I, I'm looking for more like building a business that I can stay with and grow in the business. As a startup, like we're always looking for a different strategy and like pivoting to one idea to another. So it can turn out like to be totally different than I expect right now. Rodolfo, obrigado por todo. De nada. Obrigado. Obrigado você por me convidar a estar aqui. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Rodolfo Pena talking about running two different startups while being a full-time second-year MBA student at Boston University Questrom School of Business. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Greg. Next up, a very successful Japanese company specializing in kids' clothing and shoes. They want to capture the U.S. market. However, they face a substantial name challenge. They're called Mickey House. But they have no connection whatsoever to Disney. That's next, when the language of business continues. Our sponsor is Boston University Questrom School of Business. In partnership with EDX, Boston University Questrom School of Business is now offering an online MBA, a top-tier business education available to learners around the world. It's a two-year program with a tuition of $24,000. 
far more affordable than typical on-campus programs. Interested? Get full details at bu.edu slash questrom. You're listening to the Language of Business look at some of the challenges of international business. In this segment, a Japanese company that makes kids' clothing and shoes wants to make inroads in the U.S. market. Their name is Mickey House, and they have no connection at all to Disney. Will American consumers understand that and accept it? Once again, here's Greg Stoller. Thanks, Don. How do you tweak an existing business that's all over the world without killing it in the process? We're on location in Mount Vernon, New York, just outside of New York City, with Yoshi Takeda, the president of Mickey House in the United States, and welcome to Hi. the Language of Business. Hi, nice to see you. How has your business been operating in the United States so far? Oh, we are doing so great. American customers start to, you know, start to take our you know, products in a very good way, and they love our products, and the parents are really you know, appreciate our quality and the safety and security products. You are more expensive than most baby clothes. Why has that worked so well for you? Because of the quality, because of we always communicate with the customers that this is moment that you have to invest the money to your children. So customers understand and appreciate the quality and the safety of the products. What is your best-selling product in the United States? Our baby shoes. And how much does something like this sell for here in the United States? $79. And why $79? Well, because of the function, as you can see, this is like really widely open, and you can see inside it's like a towel, so that absorbs the sweat. Yep. And also we have function like this one. It's lifted it all so that they don't go trip, and this flex joint, it makes the arch, and we have also heel counter right yep. here, so it straight up the bones of the babies. And this is manufactured all in Japan? All in Japan, as you can see. As we Japan. can see, excellent. And how important is sustainability to your manufacturing processes? Oh, it is so important, of course, because we want to educate the children from the beginning that we have to consider about environment. Yep. Best products always stay a longer time. You can pass it down to your siblings. Yep. For example, these shoes can stay three generations. That's what we say. So good quality, sustainability, and durability, this is all related. And you have lots of other products as well? Yes. Can we see them in your warehouse? Absolutely. Let's go. Welcome to our warehouse. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And what are we looking at? This is all our American products. We have huge collection, tire brand, and this is our bestseller items in the United States. These are your bestsellers and everything looks like it's barcoded and everything else? Of course. And also, you know, as you can see, mainly this is made in Japan yeah. with a lots of embroideries, and this is made in Japan with a lots of embroideries. And we also have a hats and we have, you know, clothing, but mainly made in Japan. So I don't see a lot of computers here. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you able to keep everything so well organized? Oh, that's a good question. We have a computer, as you can see, this is like- But you only have one. Right, but we have like a handy and you can yep. actually you know, change it. So you don't have to carry the computer all over. But you're saying that one small gun like that mm -hmm. is able to control for all of these barcodes? We have a couple of laptops as well, yes. Mm -hmm. What is your biggest worry about your business in the United States right now? Well, I don't have so much worried things because we just started, like we were expanding every single day. For example, our sales in e-commerce, we hit the last year's sales by the end of the third quarter. So it's just growing. Only the concern, I would say that, can we supply good enough merchandise for this demand? That's my concern. Okay. And how often do you have to go back and forth to Japan in order to better run the company? That is good question. So three times a year for sure. Yep. And it, there's another thing to discuss. Of course, I'm going to come back to Japan. But nowadays we have like Skype and we have FaceTime. So I just go back to Japan three, four times. 
Mm -hmm. President Takeda, thank you very much. Thank you. Yoshi Takeda, the president of Mickey House United States with their warehouse located in Mount Vernon, New York. Don, back to you. Thanks, Greg. And that's our latest podcast. You can find links to all of our guests on the show notes page. Just go to lobpodcast.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe so you'll please subscribe so you'll get new episodes automatically. And if you rate us and do a review, it's a huge help. We're available wherever you get podcasts. Or just ask Alexa. We have downloads now in 65 countries and 45 states, plus DC. We now have downloads in 65 countries and 45 states, plus DC. We appreciate it. Support for the language of business is by Boston University's Questrom School of Business. Social media for the language of business is by Jennifer Powell of the Excellent Writers Group. Direction, audio engineering, and narration by yours truly. Editing by Dr. Picky. Consulting producer, Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. For host Greg Stoller and the entire team, I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Thanks for listening to The Language of Business.